welcome to The Crunch with Crib. I'm Jess, and each episode I'll be talking with some of WA's best real estate agents and business people to find out what makes them tick and what lessons they've learned on their journey to success. This week on The Crunch, we chat to Steph Dobro, director of the recently launched White House Property Partners, about what pushed her to go out on her own, the challenges of being a new business owner, and why her support network is so important to her. Steph, welcome to The Crunch. Thank you for having me. Uh, you're so welcome and thank you so much for your time. I know it's a very busy, busy time for you in the lead up to Christmas, so I appreciate it. Um, now, I wanted to kick off with... I guess a little bit of your history of how you ended up in property because that's what I love to what I love to know about and I know yours is quite an interesting story so yeah so um my background is actually in um political science um I did a couple of degrees um bachelor of arts and a master's degree and then um moved to Australia and um Canadian is that Canadian correct? yeah there so you. Canadian and um actually always loved old houses. My grandmother had a house that my great-grandfather had built, a heritage house, obviously, and um, ended up looking for a property when I had moved here and fell in love with the idea of it. But I had all these degrees and I just felt it was um, important that I put them to use. Um, So I did that first and then got into property investing um, and got very excited about that. And of course, the growth that happened in the early 2000s, Mm -hmm. I um, did 10 years at the parliament and then I worked in um, the uh, working for the vice chancellor at one of the universities as his strategic advisor for a couple of years and then I just decided that um, because people could make money through shares and and portfolio growth that I would just simply become an investor Mm -hmm. and that was fantastic until the crash hit. (laughs) And I had taken a lot of, um, I had done some borrowings to invest in the share market and was doing my research and then sort of lost it all and felt like I had made a very bad decision. I'd bought my third investment property, which I think settled the day that the um, crash sort of happened. And um, so after a couple of years, well, a year off really, I decided that I should um, start finding ways to make money again mm-hmm. and um, redeem myself and so in the family. And um, so I ended up doing starting off with doing some photography work for one of the companies and then ended up doing some business um, reviews and then ended up taking with Cape Horn Young and ended up um, sitting in on their sales meetings and listening to what was involved in listing and selling and dealing with buyers and um, decided that um, this was something that I was quite keen to try. Um, they had asked me to do some recruitment and um, they had a, they have a fantastic selling system. And um, I decided as I approached my 40th birthday that it was something that Uh, would be best if I put it to the test. Mm -hmm. So I decided that I would become an agent and and try the system and see if it worked. And if you followed a process, very structured process and worked really hard, could you achieve, you know, success? Mm -hmm. And I did. Wow. Yeah. It's quite a a different... I mean, I, I look at, po- I guess, policy and that kind of thing as, as a fairly, 
not slower paced, mm. but, you know, very structured. And so it's interesting to hear how you kind of went from that into sales, which is. Well, I was actually, I was on the East Fremantle Council for mm-hmm. four and a half years. Um, part of that time as head of town planning committee and um, deputy mayor. And I felt that I couldn't influence people in the same way, talking about housing choices um, when it wasn't dealing with money. Whereas I felt like if I went into selling, I would have a greater ability to influence their decisions. So Mm -hmm. if they were looking at knocking over a heritage house, I knew that the value of the new property in that particular location was going to fail, Mm -hmm. that they Mm -hmm. were going to lose money. But when you're sitting in a sort of government position, you can't say you shouldn't do it because you're not going to make money. You've got to, you know, that's not why you're saying it. Mm -hmm. Whereas when I came at it from the other angle, as an agent, I could tell people it's not actually going to be in your financial interest to knock that house over. We would be better to find you a property that's either got less intrinsic value or is, a, you know, a vacant block. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I am, a, I'm a bit of a go-getter. Um, and I did find the pace of government and um, all of that too slow for me. Yeah, tedious. <laughs> yeah, and also the... Um, I'm self-motivated, mm-hmm. so being held back by all sorts of obstacles, I found um, like it was kind of, yeah, you're dying internally mm-hmm. um, for me personally. And so, yeah, this was a real opportunity to, um, especially with the, you know, financial, from the financial side, it was a real opportunity to get, have the potential opportunity to be rewarded for how much effort you put in mm-hmm. because when you work in institutions like the parliament, it doesn't matter how hard you work. um, You're working for a different reward. Yes. Um, But in this instance, I decided it was, I had done my community service and um, that it was, that I could serve the community in a different way. Another way. So I want to, we obviously want to chat to you about your incredible new business and your new brand, but I quickly want to touch on the sales side that you were just talking about, because obviously you're a great agent and I'm sure people want to hear about your process Mm -hmm. and that advisory um, I guess capacity that you put you mentioned that you put yourself in is that something that you is that how you kind of approach your clients and your sales still absolutely yeah. and I think that's part of why I've been very successful is that um, I when you're providing information for example to members of parliament or in any advisory capacity people have a lot of trust in you mm-hmm. they don't take the time to do the research themselves and so you have to understand what their outcome is that they're looking for and find the evidence um, to be able to help them make decisions because they're going to read a very short paper, which is a summary of everything that you found out about a subject matter and take advice on it. And so, and one of the things that was very critical to um, being a research officer with committees in the parliament was asking the right questions Mm -hmm. and getting obtaining information in a very respectful way to be able to advise people. And so when I'm working with clients, what I absolutely love is finding out what is it that's motivating them? Where do they want to get to? What's happening in their life? um, And how can I help them get there? And I guess that involves... um, it involves being very honest mm-hmm. um, and not telling them what they want to hear, but giving them the information and building that trust relationship with them so that they can be guided by you mm-hmm. and know that you're acting in their best interest. Yeah. It's such an important part of an agent's job, especially as, you know, as the 
way that we operate changes and everything mm. becomes digital and being that trusted advisor and consultant is so important to, you know, being a real estate agent, I guess. It is, it is. And I think you have to, for me, it's really important to stay in my integrity mm-hmm. in respect of that where, um, I mean, when I don't know what a property is worth, I will tell the owners, I don't know what your property is worth. They say, we want 135. I say, I, I'm not sure if you can get it. Mm-hmm. But this is where I think it is. And if we followed this process, and I lose business sometimes because I do that, mm-hmm. but I know I go to bed at night yeah, confident that the advice I've given them is truthful. Yeah, And I think that that's really important. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, there's a ripple effect from that. Yeah. Absolutely. So going from, I guess, talking about your values and mm-hmm. and, um, and how you operate, um, and we mentioned your amazing new brand. Yeah. Congratulations on an incredible couple of months. Thank you. With, as White House Property Partners. Yeah. Um, so I guess I wanted to start with here, why, what made you want to go out on your own and, and, um, and start your own new venture? Yeah. Thank you for asking. It is a, it's a good question to ask because I think as people know, I was incredibly loyal to Cape on Young, the mm-hmm. brand that I come from and had a great 10 years, almost 10 years there. Um, and I think what happened as I approached my 50th birthday, um, which was a couple of months ago, I think just like I did when I was turning 40, I think you start to reassess where you're at in life and what you want going forward. And um, for me, obviously, my 40s, that sales was, you know, exponential personal growth. And when I was looking at, you know, as a mother of now two grown children, both girls, um, I thought, what do I want the next decade to look like? Because, you know, I'm probably going to work for another 10 years. Mm -hmm. And do I want to keep selling um, only um, or do I actually want to run a business? And I think Um, that I decided that I really, I wanted the opportunity when I was in my 20s. I very much wanted to have my own business but didn't have the contacts or knowledge and courage to do so. Um, So I think it is something that was always in my blood. I don't think, I didn't go into sales to become a salesperson really. I went in to test a theory and Mm -hmm. a process, which I did, Mm -hmm. and I loved and I do love selling. But I think I'm... Personal growth is a very big part of who I am and I think um, that I really wanted the opportunity to try running a business and um, I also wanted for my girls to know that it's, you know, sometimes you have to really step out of your comfort zone. It would have been so much easier for me to stay there. I loved working there. Um, I loved the people there and um, but I just felt like if I'd waited and didn't do it, would I always look back and go, I could have, I should have, mm-hmm. what would it have been like if I did? And if I did it and it didn't, didn't go well, well, at least there'd be learnings in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took a huge amount of courage to do. Yes. Um, and But I'm I'm happy I've done it for me and for also for other women. I think um, not that it's a male-female thing, but I think often women think they need to be more than they actually need to be to give it a go. Mm-hmm. And um, that, you know, there's a lot of fear around that from both men and women. But if you want to have a go, that's where the magic happens. Yeah. You know, it's outside your comfort zone. That's what I'd always told my girls. And so I felt like I had to, you walk know, stand. Walk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say, you know, you wanted to start a business in your 20s and it's that um, 
dichotomy of people who start a business in their 20s and they don't know any better. They don't have anything to lose. Um, and then so doing it a little bit later in your career, you almost need more courage because yeah. you've already got this established successful thing going on and you have to risk it to... Absolutely. And everybody's watching you. Yeah. You know, the more yeah. successful you are, the more people are waiting to see what's going to happen, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. is, is she going to fail? Well, in Australia, they probably, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the questions, isn't it? Um, I wanted to ask about the brand, the White House and, and the reason reasoning behind that. Oh, it's funny. It um, it was very hard to come up with a name um, and I really struggled with it. Um, but there, I, I've always loved the colour white. Now, I know white's probably not even a colour, but <laughs> I just love the clean freshness. Mm-hmm. And I think for me it was a new beginning. And I think when people are looking to move, it's often, you know, it's paint everything white. And I just wanted to be light and bright and white. Mm-hmm. And then I live in a white weatherboard cottage. My partner's just built a white weatherboard cottage <laughs> and um, ended up finding a house that got painted white, a beautiful heritage cottage. Um, and I'd said to my coach, there's this white house and she said white house that's it and I was like yeah I think so and it took a little while to come up with it but the more I thought about it it was so aligned to me and you know a few people said oh it's very American but it's it's a beautiful white house in Australia it's in a white house in Santorini it's a white house anywhere yeah and um for me with my politics background advising and negotiating that's what you do when you're in politics Mm -hmm. and um the white house you know as an institution somewhere where people go advise negotiate and make decisions and i think that what our role is as salespeople is about advising and negotiating helping people make Mm -hmm. decisions Mm -hmm. so and then i happen to be housed in a beautiful white heritage house (laughs) so it felt like it all came together all aligned yeah and people have you know the feedback i've had is that it's very me Mm -hmm. and i think um that came down to the actual branding yeah um that helped steer it away from that american um experience yes. or, or thought process but i think th- one of the beautiful things about setting up your own business is how it can be a reflection of 100%. you yeah. and that people had told me oh you'll get this amazing feeling and you know i was very doubtful because i was so scared um but it's yeah I, i'm really happy with it beautiful congratulations thank you, thank you. so tell me uh, when it comes to setting up your own business was it ever a consideration to find someone to, you know, did you look at other people to join you or was it always something that you really wanted to do on your own? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think because I'd already been in a business with other partners Mm -hmm. um, in the company, I think I really wanted to go on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, I did look at franchise options in terms of what does one get with a franchise probably only because they approached me rather than uh, because that was something because I'm very much boutique oriented Um, and but after I resigned um, once it became public I had a lot of um, people calling me about joining them Mm -hmm. and I felt like I really just needed to do it on my own and to do it my way and um, yeah I even talked with a friend about doing something interstate and I think it was just I can't we both came to the view that it was best to do it on my own mm-hmm. and um 
yeah, I'm actually very happy with the outcome and I've got an incredibly supportive partner yeah. who knows a lot about business. Um, and so that's made it much, much easier. Mm-hmm. And I think surrounding yourself with people who support you yeah. makes it much easier. I've got a network of agents um, who we share information with and um, I think because I've had an experience of being part of a network, which is an amazing network, mm-hmm. the Real Estate Results Network, um, I think that even here in Perth there are agents who don't compete with us who everybody needs support mm-hmm. and I think it's very easy to support people Um if you open the door and people are really appreciative. Yeah. So I think having those alliances and friendships and support networks, um, for me, was a better choice than actually going into partnership having a with business some, partner. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, tell me, you mentioned walking the walk for your daughters. Mm. I'm interested to hear first couple of months in business, what are some of your, your biggest lessons that you've learned or, you know, things that came up that you've had to reach out to your network to ask for advice? What are some of those? Yeah. Um, I guess I'm very lucky because I've got a business manager who has set up a business previously. Mm-hmm. She's young and very hardworking. She's very aligned with who I am and what I want. Mm-hmm. And so that's made it so much easier for yeah. me. Like it's, I think my choices would have been different if I didn't have someone like that perhaps around me. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the biggest learnings probably really relate to um, cash flow yeah. <laughs> and how important it is to make strategic decisions about where your limited funds go Mm -hmm. um, when you're getting started and what do you really need. Mm -hmm. And um, I was very lucky because this house that my business is housed in is a beautiful heritage house. So we just got some IKEA desks and chairs and a whiteboard. (laughs) Easy to jazz it up. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And um, it feels feels beautiful even without having spent a lot of money yet. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you'd love to get no, I don't have a proper board table yet or anything like that. But clients, Small business goals. It is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but people come in and there's sort of a, a humility and mm-hmm. sort of a humbleness about where we're at and that that doesn't change the level of service that I give you or that you're going to receive mm-hmm. or um, the skill set that we have. We And I think that it's good to... to not for me personally to not overdo it mm-hmm. and just to keep it keep it real yeah. really and yeah. um so my partner's been a bit behind that because he he's very much about watch cash flow he's watching watch, the money yeah he <laughs> yeah. is and that's really important because I think for a lot of agents and this is I think one of the biggest lessons for agents to take on earlier and that's why I'd encourage any agent to do their license mm-hmm. um a tri- and triennial certificate is really about learning about how important money is mm-hmm. and that, you know, in the industry we talk all the time about GCI or about the dollar value of properties sold. Nobody talks about what you're taking home. Nobody exactly, teaches yeah. agents how to manage their rep expense account or the employees, when to bring people on. And I think that... Um, that's part of it. Like I'm letterbox dropping, putting pointer boards out. I haven't over, you know, I haven't brought on more people than I can afford to bring on mm-hmm. right now, um, even though I'd rather not be putting out the pointer <laughs> boards. Um, but also as the mother of two daughters, I'm very lucky because um, they have 
quite a keen interest in the business. One of them in particular, they're both studying commerce at uni at the moment and one has just finished her sales registration. Oh, wow. So, yeah, which is really lovely. Yeah. And she's um, getting a bit of training from Sophia, my business manager, um, in terms of the admin side as well. So yeah. I'll have some cover there. That's exciting. Um, yeah, so it's lovely. Yeah. It's, you know, a lot of real estate agencies are family businesses mm-hmm. and I think there's um, a good reason for that because the demands are so high, mm-hmm. but the potential rewards are also high. Yeah. And I think it's I think family members often understand that you know there's give and take that mm-hmm. you have to you have to do sometimes jobs that you don't want to do in yeah. order to have what other the people rewards. don't have. Yeah, yeah, and they've watched you grow up, and you yeah. know, they've grown yeah. up watching what it takes. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm interested as well to hear. You know, starting a new business means you get to essentially create a business culture that you you know reflects you and what exactly what you want so what do you um I guess with Sophia and if you look to hire what mm. what are you looking for in team members and what do you, what's the culture that you're trying to build there yeah that's a really good question because culture is so important mm. and it's something that is caught it's not taught so it's really about um I think for me what I think what everybody wants in a real estate business um or agent or probably any company, is good human being. Mm-hmm. And I'm strongly of the view that good things happen to people who do good things, people who are good. Um, I'm looking for people who are hard workers, who are committed, sort of like to play hard, you know, after they work hard as mm-hmm. well. So I'm always quite interested in what people want to do in their off time, how important is family or travel or exercise, those kind of things, because I want people to be in an environment where they get to be a whole person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for the start of my career, because getting off the ground in real estate is so hard, it was all about just becoming um, textbook successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and But what I learned in, so that was in the first five years, and then the second five years was really about what it means to feel successful as a human being. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking for people who want to have that all round, all roundedness and personal growth mm-hmm. um, who, yeah, who want to be part of a team and but whose values also are aligned um, in terms of doing the right thing, integrity over, you know, shortcuts that'll get you, inst- you know, instant reward. Yeah. Um, very much people who are looking to play the long game as well because that's what I think it is. Yeah. And I imagine, I mean, you've got an incredible reputation. You're you're a great mentor. I imagine you've got some people knocking on the door. Are you looking to grow the team and and bring new reps on or are you just... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I think short answer is yes, I will. Um, But I do think, yeah, and I I think it's also important to be in a position to offer the right opportunities Mm -hmm. to people. I don't Mm -hmm. want to bring people on when I'm not ready um, because I don't, that's sort of setting me up for failure um, and setting them up and I want people to come in and have a really good experience. So, um, yeah, I will, I'll definitely look to bring thing, people on but I think at the same time I'm actually just in the very moment I'm quite enjoying being on your own yeah, just worrying been, about you yeah it's been really nice to reacquaint myself with all facets of the business right yeah. down to that letterbox dropping letterbox dropping I think people underestimate because or door knocking because it is amazing the things you see and the people you chat to mm-hmm. when you're out there and it's um it's it's quite lovely yeah so especially um, for someone like you who lives in yeah. you know where you work yeah. and it's a very yeah. community yeah. oriented area so 
good to get around the streets. Yeah. Well, it's also beautiful. And I think when you walk, you see things that you don't see. And I learned that lesson when I lost my driver's license. Um, <laughs> that it's a real opportunity. I think people think, oh, letterbox dropping or door knocking. It's not something I want to do. But if you look at it from a different angle, it's a real opportunity. Yeah. And it doesn't cost anything really get your 30 minutes in yeah exactly <laughs> 31 if you're Matt your 31 that's it it's really taking off that 31 I see it, it is. everywhere quite good <laughs> um I quickly wanted to cover real estate tech with you because mm. I guess as a boutique agency starting out you know tech's such a big thing and it can be such a costly expense but it can also be mm. you know something that really helps the business how have you looked at that um as you know how you're implementing that into your business yeah that's a really good question because I am not a tech nerd <laughs> I am. Um, I, I struggle a little bit with technology, um, so I think part of it is having an up-to-date CRM, mm-hmm. which is really helpful. Which I'm still learning to use. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, I think when you get savvy about using it, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But you have to put in the time, and I think that's been a little bit challenging because I think. I've, I'm getting momentum mm-hmm. and you have to make time to actually yeah, do the training do. because if you do that training, then it's going to save you time. Mm-hmm. But um, in terms of development, tech development, and I know there are pe- a lot of people out there doing that and, you know, as franchise groups and things. I think it's a bit like electric cars. I don't need to be the first one to mm-hmm. do it. I can let somebody else do it. Every, it. Everybody will be doing it yeah. soon enough. Yeah. And I think... Um, at the same time, people, they want that um, tech advantage, but at the same time, they just want good service. Mm-hmm. And I think that things even like WhatsApp groups, which I use with all my vendors, um, where the team is part of, you know, that group, all the sellers and, and myself and Sophia, it's very valuable. You mm-hmm. don't necessarily need to spend a lot of money on tech to give your sell- sellers good advantage. Yeah. Absolutely. There's so many free tools out there. and Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. In saying that, are there any, um, I guess, innovations within the industry that you've been looking at or is there anything that's caught your eye or it's not really yeah. just old-fashioned um, service? Yeah. Look, I did go to Inman Connect yeah. in the US earlier well, in July and that was really interesting because there is a lot of tech stuff happening and there were things that were of interest to me, Matterport, which I haven't used mm-hmm. really and I know is being used by some of the agents here. Um, obviously, video is something that's big and I've been hearing from Tom Ferry to do that for about seven years. <laughs> and so, um, you know, eventually <laughs> you do. Um, but uh, I think that, look, I'm not across it all. Yeah. I find it a little bit overwhelming. Um, and I guess it's a bit, um, again, it's about building relationships with mm-hmm. people that you, whose opinion you trust on these matters. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's not my, it's to not be, my, to yeah, be to seen. Be, yeah, to be exactly. seen. <laughs> Um, my last question for you, Steph, was just your, you know, big audacious goals for the next year. You know, do you have any, any that you want to put out there in the, in the ether that? Um, well, I haven't had a European holiday or ski holiday for a couple of years now, so that's probably on the goals list. Um, I don't know if starting a business is the best way to achieve that goal. I know. So, well, you said big and audacious. You've got to think big. Um, You've got to think it's possible. And so I guess part of that is surrounding yourself with people that you believe you can really trust. Um, and I think just growing, I think steady growth is what I'm after and mm-hmm. steady progress. I'm not aiming to be the biggest 
latest and best. I don't want to, um, I'm not here to, you know, poach people from other people. I just want to really build a healthy business where people are happy um, and feel well supported. And that's probably, I think, yeah, creating that culture, getting the systems right, Mm -hmm. um, which are pretty general, basic goals. Mm -hmm. But if you lay great foundations, then you can build something that's quite stable and strong for the long term. And I guess that that's my goal is to have is to create something that has that stability um, that's able to adapt and evolve but that has the underlying fundamentals there yeah beautiful look thank you so much for your time and um, I'm really I've really enjoyed watching you kind of roll the brand out over the last couple of months so congrats again thank you so much and I'm much. excited to see what you can what you can do for the next year <laughs> so thank you good luck thanks so much Jess it's been a pleasure thanks Steph for this episode thank you so much for listening we'd love any feedback or guest suggestions so hit me up on instagram you can find me on jess at crib and if you enjoyed the show don't forget to subscribe and be sure to tell a friend